Welcome back to the show, Bucket Busters. I'm your host, Tim Johnson, and this is the Busted Bucket Podcast. Locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, city of bridges, Stumptown PDX. This is a show dedicated to Rip City and everyone who loves Portland basketball. Joining me today is my co-host, Blazer Ben. Blazer Ben, how you living, man? Bingo, bango, bongo, Blazer fans. Yeah, buddy. Also joining us are the hosts of the Clinic All-NBA Podcast, John, and previous co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Ro Zapanta. What's good, brothers? Yo, yo, what's going on, man? Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, it's been a long time. I should have left you without a dope pod to step to. Man, it is so good to be back. Tim Johnson and Blazer Ben, I miss you guys. It's just, it just feels good. It feels right to be here. Yeah, man. It's good to have your corny butt back. I know, right? I know, right? You miss it, right? I know you miss it. Super corny. Two yeah, laugh man. track. <laughs> yup. Well, hey, man, uh, we're going we're gonna to dive into this. But before we do that, let's have a word from our sponsor. Get a little more out of watching NBA games with Daily Fantasy. Every Norman Powell drive, Nurkic rebound, or Dame game winner means so much more when you're playing with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Yes, indeed. As I as I channel my inner Rosa Panta, head to DraftKings.com. Get that get that money, guys. But hey, this is how we're gonna start this pod. We're gonna talk about the head coach shakeup here in Portland. As you guys know, I'm sure you've heard. I know Ro knows. Yes, sir. But we recently fired our head coach. Well. Maybe not fired. Mutually parted ways Mm -hmm. with our head coach, Terry Stotts, after nine seasons. Now, the Trailblazers have listed... I mean, we've seen so many people listed uh, as far as targets, right, for the Blazers. But this week, they've interviewed or are going to interview Mike D'Antoni, Becky Hammond, and Chauncey Billups. Now, today, though, some breaking news came out via Twitter... I don't know how accurate it is, but Spo was in the headlines, man. Eric Spolstra. Apparently, he has been in Blazers' internal discussions for the head coach vacancy. There's a lot of stipulations with this. He's he's already under contract with Miami, and he's been there since, you know, pre-2000, right? Right. But here's the intriguing part. He played ball, high school ball here in Oregon. He played college ball here in Oregon. And his dad was in the front office. He was like a front office executive for like 10 years. So he's got pretty deep Portland ties. Blazer Ben, I'm going to start with you. What do you think about this? Give I mean, me, I give wish. Me, give me your I thoughts mean, on these candidates. I mean, the Eric Spolster thing, I mean, there's not much to it. You know, it's just a, a, it's a, just a little pipe dream that's just, you know, just sputtered out of someone's, you know, tailpipe today. Uh, but, you know, I, I do, I, I hear all the things what you're saying. I mean, it makes like a logical decision. Plus, uh, Eric Spolstra will bring in big names too. 
if he were to become a head coach. And he knows how to coach those big names. Exactly. He knows how to make those big names coexist into his system. He has a winning system. You know, he's got two championships under his belt. And not only that, I I don't think he's had a, a, a bad defensive team except for maybe one year. That he's that uh, he's coached, yeah. The the one year LeBron left and then left, you know, Bosch and Wade to just yeah. squander on their own. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. That that was that was the year that everybody just kind of just went like, wait, what? Miami? Who? I'm paying how much for these tickets? Oh, and LeBron's not on the team anymore. But you know, <laughs> I mean, I I don't know if I want to just just call it out now, but you know, as of like an hour or so ago, Travis Demers, the Demers. Uh, Dimmers, my bad, my bad, Travis. <laughs> Travis Dimmers, the radio play-by-play for the Blazers, tweeted, uh, and I quote, A source close to me that has intimate knowledge of the situation has told me that any rumors involving Eric Spolstra and the Trailblazers are dead. He is staying in Miami. End quote. So, I mean, I, I would like to say that's a pretty reliable source, and that can put that, you know... To rest as much as I would love to see Eric Spolster here coaching the Blazers and Lillard and making yeah. him, you know, be even more of an impressive leader than he already is. I but, mean, you it, know, we can hope it's just a smokescreen, though, right? Possibly, yeah. We it can could hope. be make us to look one way and look, and then here he comes the other way, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, uh, reports saying that uh, Becky and Chauncey were interviewed today, you know, mm-hmm. Tuesday. Those were their interview days. Mm-hmm. Uh, not quite sure when D'Antoni's being interviewed, but I hope it's not going to be D'Antoni. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I see, I see Roe down there shaking his head. Well, I was going to say, you know. last pod, we had talked about this with Roe about D'Antoni. It might not have been the last episode. It could have been the one before that. We had talked about D'Antoni coming here and that it kind of be more of the same. But, Roe, I want to know what your thoughts on D'Antoni, Hammond, Billups, Spolstra, Hit us with it, man. Man, so, so the Spolsters, the Spol, the Spo thing, is probably the most exciting, right? I mean, but you kind of look into it a little more, and you're, you're like, dude, look at the language, okay? Look at the language of the tweet. It says Blazers yeah. internal discussions for, for head coaching vacancy, right? That means the Blazers are talking about it. Well, we could say that the Blazers also want LeBron James, and they're talking about it. And they could sure say, they do. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sure they want Eric. I don't think Eric has expressed any desire, okay, to come to Portland. So I I hate to I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It's probably not gonna happen. And if Eric Spolstra was going to do a move like that, he'd be coming for Neil's job. He's not coming for the head coping coaching job. He's gonna be a GM. I think that's his next step. So I, I'm just gonna automatically cross that off unless we fired Neil O'Shea. Right. And 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 why and why come here if O'Shea's, you know, there's no sign O'Shea's leaving because Pat Riley's not going to be around forever. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know what I'm saying and then Mike D'Antoni, you guys hate Mike D'Antoni. But all I have to say is that we've kind of he had does a strong word. I'm, I'm just saying you don't want him for the Blazers. Right. I'm just saying that there has been a resurgence. OK, of of coaches who have not done well in their current you know, in their past job and now are doing well. Like, for example, Nate McMillan. Look at what he's doing with the Hawks, right? True. He's 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 doing a great job. And sometimes you need that second like like position to really take off. 
And Mike D'Antoni, he didn't do such a bad job. Would this guy have a ring if it wasn't for the great Golden State Warriors? Would he have a ring? Straight up. He might have, right? He could have had one. And plus... Suppose he could have, yeah. I'm saying that, like, it's not his fault that he ran into one of the greatest teams assembled of all time, arguably. Right? It's up there. That team was so dominant. And I'm just saying that Mike D'Antoni, you can't do a whole lot worse than than that right you can't no i mean i think out of out of all the the you know candidates that we had listed out a couple episodes ago i don't think he's the worst on the list i'm just saying you know but if also we do hire mike like blazer fans don't jump out the window because there's still hope well let, let me ask you this we're talking about mike d'antoni what about giving someone like Becky Hammond a chance who's studied behind Pop for a while now? Yeah. What about what about Hammond? What, what are your thoughts about that? Because from what it sounds like, a lot of us aren't too high on Chauncey Billups coming here, right? So what That's are your thoughts pick, on man. Hammond? I, I'm, a, I'm a Chauncey promoter. Ooh, we're I, I swear you had said you didn't Wait, like Chauncey Wait, what's John's before. choice? John, do you have a choice? Do I have a choice? I mean, I think I would pick Spolstro, no questions asked but like you guys said i think i think it's just a smoke screen i think we i think a lot of times the media loves to overplay when someone is from a city or went to high school or college we see all the time players are from a certain city but they never go home to play for that city or that team kevin love right kevin or, love or yes. even, yeah or Seth curry's from from uh, south carolina but he's not gonna go play for charlotte so you have a lot of these guys and i think that's just a smoke screen but if i had to pick the most most likely, it'd probably have to be... I think I might have to go with Chauncey Billups, too. I'm with Ben on this one. Ooh, interesting. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Billups is probably the most likely to get the job just because he seems to be Olshay's pick. Agreed. Agreed. I, I would like to see Becky Hammond, though. That's, that's I would love to see that. Who I would really like to see, and it's just because the Pops... The, Pop, the Popovich coaching tree, right? And, like, yep. Popovich trusts... Becky Hammond as his right-hand woman. Am I right on this? Yeah, she, she was the first yeah. female to be a head coach in the NBA when Pop got ejected, and she took over mm -hmm. as a head coach. I mean, she, interim head coach, however yeah. you want to define it. But, you know, she made history in that. You know, obviously, being next in line under the great, great Greg Popovich, you know, is something to live up to and, and respect, for sure. Yeah, and also the coach for uh, Summer League she's the trusted person so mm -hmm. yeah i like it i i this is what i think though spoiler spoiler alert i don't think we're getting becky hammond either and because i think that this is actually her trying to position herself with the spurs mm -hmm. her saying hey this other team is interested in me these other teams are interested in me but i think she really has like a nudge nudge like wink wink deal with popovich like like you better make something happen soon, or exactly. I'm out, sort of deal. Yeah, I, I agree. So if I had, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would probably bet money on Billups. Don't lie, don't lie. Only on Dogecoin. That's the only <laughs> thing I bet on. Look, I yeah, I agree, man. I think there's gonna be a lot of posturing when it comes to the head coaching uh, position here in Portland, and I think ultimately, like we can say who we would want to see here and whatnot, but. If we're being honest with ourselves and with the current situation, it's probably going to be Chauncey Billups. Agreed. Yeah, it looks like we interviewed Dan Tony yesterday. 
according to NBC Sports. Mm, so, yeah. Yeah, the interviews are done for those three candidates right now. So, you know, who knows if there's going to be any dark horses coming in, like like an Ime Udoka or something. You know, I said that multiple times. I would love to see Ime Udoka. Ben, you're getting me fired up. Yes, I would love to see Ime Udoka. That's another guy with, with Portland ties. He played for PSU. And for those who don't know, that's Portland State University. Uh, he played for the Blazers. I mean, the dude was an, a defensive stalwart. The guy was amazing. Um, I think he would he would make an, an excellent head coach. But again, if we're being real, it's Chauncey. So we might as well get used to it now. <laughs> Moving on, let's talk about what may happen with the roster, man. Because there's there's some questions out there right now with what's going on with the you know who we're going to be bringing back on the roster. Because you got Mello, Cantor, Giles unrestricted free agents my question to you guys and i'm gonna start i'm actually gonna start uh with the the eyes from the outside john yeah do you sign someone who's aging maybe maybe can average around 10 points for you a game next season doesn't really play defense but can put butts in seats carmelo anthony (laughs) Is he worth a re-sign if he's not just a role player? I mean, if, if he's demanding minutes? At this stage of his career, no. I don't think so. I think that... I mean, the guy's the guy's going to be 37, yeah, right? He's up there in age, and uh, he could still put points. He could still put the ball in the basket as, as clear as he did this year. And so I don't think that he... I still think he can contribute at the professional level. He can still put points on the board, especially off the bench. But I don't think if he if he wants more minutes, if he wants to start a role, I don't think it's worth the money. And so that's that's kind of my take on that. Yeah, you know, I I'm gonna have to agree. Ro, let's go with you. Um, man, if he's demanding minutes, no way. I'm I'm gonna say well, no way. I'm gonna I'm well gonna because pass. we. We, you and I had had talked profusely about this on the pod that we felt oh, yeah. like he was demanding minutes. I'm, and that's the whole reason he came here, right? I am fairly confident that he is he resigned for a minimum contract because he signed it for a vet minimum. Okay, he did yep. not he did not require any more money than that because he needed minutes. He needed to play. He he knows what he's doing. Okay, he's a very smart guy. He knows that if he gets enough minutes, maybe he'll get enough shines shine. For the next contract after that and i think that he's still trying to do that he's still trying to make some place for himself in the league and he, he might have done it last year but i don't think i think his time with the blazers is done i think there's too many defensive liabilities on this team and and Melo just can't be part of that blazer ben tell everybody they're wrong <laughs> uh i mean he was averaging 24 minutes a game last year and the year before that, 32.8 in the bubble. So, you know, I, I, I feel like if he's going to come back and demand the minutes like everyone's assuming that he's going to, he's going to take minutes away from uh, a budding bench player that we have, you know, a Nasir Little. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved it when I saw him in the in the game. You know, even a Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Absolutely. You know, I like, to th- I like to think the three of them probably play, they're interchangeable in their positions. You know, whether it be shooting guard, small forward, power forward, you know, I guess Melo can float in a center position every now and again but you know i'd uh, i'd love to see him just because it's carmelo anthony 
Mm-hmm. But if he comes back with demands, I'd love to see him on another team. Yeah, and, I I know. agree. I think it's more of a gimmick than anything at this point. I mean, the man's 37 years old. He doesn't have a lot left in the gas tank. You know, we we don't know what he's going to offer in the next season. I feel like with a vet minimum, there's probably a few guys out there, hopefully, that you could pick up that can make more of a difference. You know, some somebody who'd be more well-rounded than just you know a score yeah uh, now let's talk about Cantor, man like do, do you bring Cantor back i mean he was he was solid for us throughout the regular season you go back to 2019 he's the only reason we stayed in the in the playoffs you know this year in the playoffs he was a complete non-factor in fact he even had some dnps rosa panta i called it come at me bro i called it man I called it. I said. I said that Cantor. You can't play Cantor in the playoffs, not in this day and age. And you know, I. I, sorry, we got to move on from Cantor. I think the only reason why you sign him is because you want to get to the playoffs. I've said it a thousand times, dude. He's a great player in the regular season who could get you to the playoffs, but it's not someone that's gonna get you deep in the playoffs. And the thing is, is that you look at teams now, okay. How, how badly are they sagging off of Jokic? Or how badly are they sagging off of um, Giannis? You know what I mean? When, when they're slow-footed like that, um, it's really, really hard to keep them on the floor. And I know I just named two superstars. Two superstars. And it's hard to do it with them on the floor. Are you going to sacrifice that for Enos Cantor? I don't think so. I would rather have Rondé Hollis-Jefferson in there playing minutes. For sure. Blazer Ben. Uh, it's Ennis, not Enos. Dude, I keep saying yeah. Enos, dude. It's just, you know, I don't know. You're not called. I bring him uh, back, man. We, we will go no further with that one. right there. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'd bring him back. I'd bring him back at 2.5. Yeah. Sign him for a half of what he's making this year. You know, if anything, to have a mentorship on the bench. You know, like a Pau Gasol. You know, uh, a Joel Prisbilla. You know, yeah, he's past his prime. You know, he's not really going to help us too much, uh, but he's going to help us in the mental aspect of things, and that's big in the NBA world right now. Uh, you know, he's gone through a lot in life too, personally, uh, with his upbringing and what he's probably still dealing with in his home country. You know, so it's it's a lot of relatable stuff that he's going through that he can get some of the young bucks. You know some real world knowledge on things and it's i feel like he'd be a, a plus to have on the team regardless uh, of his defensive liabilities yeah i mean i i'm happy you brought up joel prisbilla man the vanilla gorilla I used to love that guy um but to me like he's he's almost he's almost a better joel prisbilla except when it comes to defense right uh... like, like i would say he's probably a better rebounder offensively he's better but he just doesn't have it on defense like Pris Bill had. Let's correct this. He's a better stat getter. I think there you go. I think Cantor's there you go. a stat better patter. stat there we go. I you you, you calling Cantor a stat patter? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> John, what do you think, man? I know we're kind of getting into some deep minutia here with the Blazers, but you know, if you got something to say, no, yeah, off. no, I, I mean, I kind of agree with you guys. I think June made a good point about Cantor. He's not playable in the playoffs, and that's because of his defense. 
he kind of reminds me of Montrez Harrell a little bit. He's offensively, he has a lot of skill. He could his back to the basket. He's he's good with the pick and roll. He has great uh, his great feet, great movement. Mm-hmm. But just defensively, he's not. I don't know what it is. You just never put it together defensively. Whether it's wait, did you put great feet and canter in the same sentence? Well, offensively, like his his movements back to the basket. He can kind of do the pivot. He, he has okay, a pivot. He's he got good. He's got good. He's got good footwork. He's got good footwork. He just can't move him quickly. Right, right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I should have clarified. Now he doesn't move fast at all. But he has good. He's he's clever with his feet. I think that's what I was trying to say. But yeah, I mean, if it's again, Ben made a Ben said that if. If it's for the minimum, if it's for like two, three million, he has some value. He's a vet. He can talk to the youngsters. He can provide insight. But other than sure. that, I think basketball-wise, he's kind of limited, especially at his sure. age. Yep, I'm with that. I'm with that. So, Harry Giles. I wanna, I wanted to start with Blazer Ben on this one, but I'm gonna start with the president of the Harry Giles fan club <laughs> again. Rosa Panta, do you bring this guy back? He shows oh a lot of promise God. this season, right? Harry every, Giles, every, man. like here and there, he showed a lot of promise. But you know, another thing is, he's probably not going to get a lot of looks from other teams, right? It's true, and teams shouldn't look at him. <laughs> I'm just going to be straight up, dude. Harry Giles. There was once upon a time, he excited a lot of us. I'm. It's not just me. Don't bring up the one play again, it's, please. It's not just me. I'm not going to bring up that one play. Even though that play was amazing. He excited a lot of, like, like Blazers Twitter. And it's not a lie. It's not a lie. Like, people were all over this guy saying, why why are we playing? Why? Who were they vying for? They were vying for Harry Giles, but they wanted to sit Cantor. They were like, why are we giving yeah. Cantor minutes? They should be well, playing Harry Giles. Yeah, I want to say, yeah, I remember that. But I want to say it sparked that fire and that excitement because he was the only big man that played with any energy. Yeah, he was athletic. And thing is, is that I the mental stuff isn't there, man. It's not there. He's going to be in a completely different system. It'd be different if this move was completely linear. Like if, if Stotts was still around, I'd say, okay, maybe another year of Giles and Stotts, you know, he's able to like process things a little better um but otherwise i i think we're done we're done with giles i mean what if, i mean what if d'antoni comes in though because he's gonna run a similar style dude i'd love it i'd love it i'd love it i i'm still holding stock in harry giles a little bit i've sold some <laughs> and bought more nasir little nasir little yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm still holding on a little bit so i i wouldn't mind seeing him back because he's gonna be super cheap right on blazer ben I mean, he's a 23-year-old, so, you know, he's got several years of growth probably still behind him. I'm just looking, you know, just a little bit behind him. He attended North Carolina, but he didn't play. So, technically, he played no college basketball. Am I am I wrong on that? Does anybody know? I mean, I'm sure. You know, I, I don't know. I, did, I was not a uh, fan of, of Harry Giles' college basketball, <laughs> so I have no idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it, it's, maybe it's, John. No, I do not have. Any... <laughs> John, John I, is just hearing about this name for the first time. No, no, no. <laughs> he's all Harry. Harry who? Who? No, Harry. Harry Styles. Harry Styles. <laughs> that from that band? No, I know who Harry Giles is, but I'm I'm surprised you guys are uh, still you talk about him. So that's good. Well, <laughs> agree, uh, agree. He's one of three 
players that are going to be unrestricted free agents, and we've got questions at the big man position. True. Yeah, and he's only what is he getting paid? Not what one, one point five million? Minimal. Right. Minimal. Like the question is, do you bring him back or do you do you roll the dice on somebody else? Maybe maybe an undrafted rookie. I'm. You know. Yeah, it's tough. He's twenty three years old. I mean, you. It's 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 he's so young, and maybe a new coach, a new system getting in there can. A lot of the times you see guys that just struggle in the in early years, but you put in a new coach, a new system, and they just they, it clicks. So maybe take another year on him, a year or two. I know Roe is smiling ear to ear hearing that he wants he wants to give Harry Giles as many chances as possible. So <laughs> I appreciate I just... that. I appreciate that. You're you're you are you give people second chances, Roe. Oh yeah, definitely. And third and fourth. Even if they don't deserve it, like Harry J- he did nothing to deserve this, by the like way. Like me, like me. And I, what? <laughs> I, think, I think the Blazers are better off looking for like spending more money on someone that has energy at the center position. Um I know these guys probably aren't free agents, but like someone like a JaVale McGee, someone like a Dwight Howard. Someone that has just like sure. incredible energy that can give you like these spark plug defensive plays every once in a while, and not spend money on like an Enos Cantor and a Harry Giles. But the Ennis. question, the question becomes, it's Ennis. The Ennis, question becomes, sorry. can Portland attract somebody like that? And that's that's the 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 question every year, right? And and it kind of ties me into my next question for you guys: mm-hmm. Norman Powell and Derek Jones Jr. Both hold player options. After another first round exit, do they opt in? Do they opt in for another year? Or do they or do they see if somebody's gonna pay them what what they think they, they're due? I'm gonna start with the outside again. John. I'm just looking up quickly kind of what Norman Powell did this year because I I'll be honest, I didn't follow the Blazers as religiously as you guys. And obviously, <laughs> right, right. It, I mean, it looked like he what he averaged 19 points a game. He shot 49 percent from the field, he averaged 30 minutes. He shot 44 percent from the three point land. I mean, these are pretty these are pretty solid numbers. And so the numbers the are numbers good. are good. Uh, I didn't obviously. There's an eye test. There's there are the you know things on the court that you do that don't always are aren't always indicated by the numbers and the stats. So you guys can tell me what kind of effect he had beyond the stats. But given just based on the numbers, it looks like he can definitely command a higher salary. So I would imagine that he would not opt into his contract. Blazer Ben. I mean, Derek Jones, I think, is a guaranteed contract. He'll be here next year, I believe. 9.7 mil. Uh, Norman Powell's the only one with the player option. Uh, but I, I read rumblings that Derek Jones had some some off-court things that were not uh, conducive to the team, which was uh, getting to his playing time. You know, I, the, nobody went into details of it or anything like mm-hmm. that. But I feel like that what I read is that was contributing to his lack of playing time and him riding the pine, which is unfortunate and wish we knew more details about it, you know. Uh, what was going on but you know if he can keep his head on straight i'm still a big derrick jones advocate like roe is of harry giles you know (laughs) so Hmm. 
you know, maybe we'll get a buy one, get one free jersey on, on the, the Jones Jr. and the uh, Harry Giles. Next game, dude, we'll but, wear those jerseys together. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, we'll yeah, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> but, buddy. But, you know, as far as Norman Powell, man, I don't feel like he, he really got a fair shake coming into Portland. You know, he came into a system that, you know, played the first half of the season without two of its stars. You know, so everybody that was on the team already had extra workload that they were working for. You know, he came into, a, I feel like, a little discombobulated team at that point, you know, with, with Gary Trent uh, Jr. Uh, being traded, coming out, you know, because he was playing a big role. We were still trying to figure out roles at that point, you know, Terry Stott. Like, Absolutely. A, a big advocate with Terry Stott's not figuring out how he can, you know, put his Legos together to make the big house. It's not working. Yeah. You know, and if so I remember I right, like, we were in a, on a losing streak at that point, too, right? I think so. Yeah, probably. I, yeah, I think I got a decent, decent five, six game losing streak, you know. So morale was low at that point, and him coming into a, a low morale team, not helpful either, you know. So I'd love to see him. I mean, he's probably not going to come back at a, at eleven point six because he could probably, you know, maybe get a fifteen, sixteen mil contract from a non contender, because you know he's already won a championship, so he's not going to need to, you know, jump a bandwagon and join a championship team. Uh, yeah. Like the Lakers, you know what I mean? He's not going to just jump ship for them. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, I mean, sorry, John. What, no, back. you're good. You're good. That's totally fine. Don't worry. I hear I hear way worse than that on a daily basis. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure you guys probably don't have 12 mil to, you know, throw at Norman Powell because you guys are, you know, scraping for those vets that are looking for oh, the championship, man. you know? We can go, we can go but, deep into yeah. that. Yeah. But I, I'd love to see Norman Powell come back, have a full season with us, you know? Uh, even if it is a three guard lineup and CJ is still here, you know, I'd I mean, love to it, see that. that, so that kind of ties into this off season's biggest question. And I know I skipped you for that last question, Ro. I'm going to give you a shot right here. You can tie it all together, but the biggest question this off season, does Olshay pull the trigger and make a blockbuster trade and send CJ packing? I think and 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 before you start yep. and what does that mean for Norman Powell? Oh yeah. I mean this, this that it's actually how I, I was going to answer in the first place was Norman Powell decides to opt in depending on what they promise him what with what's going to happen with CJ because they can't they can't live to they can't play together. They're too small. They're absolutely too small and I think if O'Shea is a smart guy I think you ship CJ off for something more defensive. Whether or not you could get it, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm absolutely not sure. But having a lineup of Dame, Powell, and and CJ, you that's not gonna that's not championship basketball. Unfortunately, fellas, it's it's not. And I would love to see Dame, Powell, and then you know that that third that third guy be someone more defensive who could probably shoot a three and i'm just gonna say the mold is gonna be pg-13 that's that's the person the type of person that i would love to see next to these two guys i see i think i see john has something to say about that oh i'm not well i'm a laker fan so you know i i (laughs) i unreasonably and unbiasedly hate all clippers no i get it i mean i think that how man you're supposed to like guide them and like usher them into like prominence they're like your little brother they're like our little brother they 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 don't belong in our in our 
a stadium though i'll be honest well <laughs> to be they, they do need their own yeah i mean i think i think roe is on to something in, in terms of of getting a different type of the personnel needs to change in terms of their skill set and cj obviously is very offensive minded he has limitations because he is undersized and he's not just he's not really that great defensively and i think pg would change the it, despite what he said what people say about him pandemic p playoff p all of that he's playing well now and i think that if he's available and you know i think he would change kind of the mindset of the blazers which is moving more into a defensive minded team because that is what he's he's known for he can put up points but he's a great wing defender for sure blazer ben i mean time will tell i'm not going to be mad if cj's moved or if cj's here but you know i support what rose said and on them not being able to coexist you know because they do a lot of the same uh, if I were to pick CJ or Norm, I'd probably pick Norm just for his defensive uh, prowess over CJ. Um, I don't know if CJ will ever get there on the defensive end, you know. And I, I don't feel like if we do move CJ, we're not going to get what he's worth. You know, he's not—he's not a blockbuster player. He's unfortunately signed for thirty million next year, thirty-three million the year after that, and thirty-five. I mean, so it's, that's a it's huge contract for someone to take on. It's kind of crazy that he's getting all-star money without ever being an all-star. I mean, I'll, I'll throw a name out there. Chris Middleton. I think that's I a realistic trade. If, if I'm would thinking take Chris. about it, I mean, it's, especially, especially since we just watched things, the game yeah, just earlier. Especially they need, if a, things they go need south. a shot creator desperately. Yeah, for sure. So I don't think it's sure. outside of the realm of possibility as far as what you're searching for. Um, it's just you. You just gotta find the right match. You gotta find the right match. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know what? With that said, we might as well jump into the the playoff standings. We might as well. I know we have some other stuff, but let's just skip it. Let's go straight into the playoffs. I want to give you guys some time to shine and and, and kind of help our listeners. I mean, I'll be honest, man. I haven't paid that much attention to the playoffs ever since the blazers got knocked out man i've been in such a rut <laughs> understandable so understandable. let's we, we could let's relate. let's start here let's let's start here with the western conference we got the utah jazz la clippers 2-2 am i right 2-2 tied up and the last game had the most amazing Kawhi light dunk Kawhi i have light. seen in my entire life oh my yeah, Although it was over Derek Favors. I mean, what is Derek Favors? 45 <laughs> years old? Oh, come yeah, on. Yeah, he's still come a big guy. He's got, he's got Ennis Cantor hops. He got pushed now, back. He's got Ennis Cantor hops. Did you? Hey, all I'm saying is he got Joel Embiid to stop yeah. his press conference and address it. Hey. <laughs> we got we to gotta give a shout out to the six Utah Jazz fans that have Derek Favors jerseys. It's true. <laughs> Shout out. Shout, Shout out. out. To For sure. I'm sorry. I'm For sorry. sure, I man. To, I had to throw that little jab in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> and to the Pelican ones that are still sporting it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I like that. That, I mean, that Kawhi yeah. light. I like that that term. I might have to steal that from you. I'm sorry. I know. So uh, you know, we're, we're I, I got to say, that you, that's like that's like third hand because I stole it from whoever <laughs> the heck said it on oh, the nice, broadcast. Nice, nice. Okay. <laughs> Is that his nickname? 
Kawhi Leonard? Nah, the claw. I don't think so. The claw. Well, I know it's the okay. claw, but is that is that one of his, is that possibly one of his nicknames? Yeah, I, maybe. Is it somewhat recent? Maybe. I want to say that it's the first time I'm hearing it. But like, if we're gonna talk like Jazz Clippers a little bit, I mean, the Clippers don't know how to win properly. Can I just say that? They don't. They know, love. They, don't, they love being behind the the ball, man. Like behind absolutely. the. Absolutely. You always think. I mean, these past two two series, you think they're dead in the water, and then all of a sudden, like. Kawhi, you know, wakes up or he like charges his batteries because he's a robot. He remembers he's <laughs> the best player in the league. Exactly. <laughs> and then he gives you stuff like the Kawhi, the Kawhi light. But another thing is that this this Utah Jazz team, like I know Donovan Mitchell is probably hurt, but it's so crazy how good that guy is. I mean. We had an entire year of the Jazz just being dominating. Okay, they they were what? Um, were they were they first the one seed? They were the one seed. They were they the were. one seed, and no one ever really talked about how absolutely incredible Donovan Mitchell has been all season until you watch these high, these playoffs and you're like, holy moly, is he really doing this to this defensive juggernaut that is the Clippers? John, what did you think? I, this may surprise some people, but. Utah isn't exactly the mecca of of basketball, so I'm not really surprised. Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> Spider is get Spider is getting not getting the recognition he deserves. But I agree with you fully. I, You're insulting the Utah Jazz. That sounds two that Utah sounds Jazz familiar. I, I got. I'm, I'm sorry. That sounds familiar. I'm sorry. Utah. <laughs> hey, my team's not in the playoffs anymore, so I can't even hate on them. But yeah, no, bro, you're right. Donovan Mitchell is underrated and i think he's showing he's putting on display how good he actually is he's not even 100 percent, and he's still carrying the jazz on his back i know it's 2-2 it's anybody it's a best of three i think the jazz are they really miss mike conley and i think because of his shooting he is probably their best three-point shooter if not sec top two and they're they're spaced i mean he's just another he's another threat from the outside so it's easy to you know, it's easy for the Jazz to score points when he's on the court, and I think they're missing that greatly. So if he can, if he can go, I know he has a strained hammy. If he can go in Game Five, that would be huge for them. But it's anybody's game, and and you know the Clippers are, are playing well, and you got to give you got to give credit when credit is due. Paul George is, is finally, you know, trying to erase that moniker that that so many people love to give him, playoff P, <laughs> and putting up numbers and and playing, being clutch when it matters. So. We'll see what happens in game five. Can I just say I don't think he, I don't think he's gonna get rid of that moniker. No, I think I think I think he's gonna he's gonna do do the bed in the next game, and then the Jazz are gonna steamroll him in the final game. Okay, so, First so Jazz one. and six. Jazz and six. Yeah, I could see that. But yeah, you, that but you're right. If the only way Paul George would get rid of that name is if they want the Clippers won the title. Oh, for and sure. And he was a big part of it. That's the that's literally the only right. way. Only way. Only way. Agreed. Blazer Ben, you watch any of these uh any of this Jazz Clippers? Nah, I nah. <laughs> All right, well moving on. <laughs> you gotta appreciate we the got honesty. Uh, you, gotta, you gotta appreciate the honesty. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> uh you know, moving on. The, the Phoenix Suns dominated the Nuggets. They got waxed. Dominated them. Yes, got that, waxed. That I did watch. Yeah, I think, we, I think we all watched that one because, 
who doesn't love seeing the Joker get whooped up on <laughs> and ejected? Ejected! This fool got ejected. Oh man. oh, man. Finally! You know, when, Do you guys... when I was listening to your guys' pod, like the last one, I was actually kind of surprised that you guys didn't say you're, you're rooting for the Nuggets a little bit. Well, I mean, that's kind of what you got to do, right? You you kind of, like, you think about it. You lose to a team. You want to be able to say you lost to the eventual champions, right? Like, of course we lost to them. They're the champions. But at the same time, like, deep down, you just really want them to get smacked. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. Right? That's true. There's, there's a logical <laughs> reasoning, right? Which is like, okay, a really good team beat us. And then there's, like, the deep, dark, like, little, like, devil on your shoulder who's all like... I want them to Absolutely. fail so badly right now. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. I get it. I get it. All, right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I'm, I'm going to have to agree. But if we're going to talk about Suns Nuggets for a little bit, I mean, Chris Paul. I mean, unbelievable. Who, who would have thought that one, the playoffs would have had this many injuries and Chris Paul's not part of that list? Yeah. Right. Right. Dude, Chris- I, I had called it before the playoffs started. I said, what's the over-under on the Chris Paul injury? Because I'm taking game one. And sure enough, he gets injured game one. I should have put money on it. I'm glad I didn't, though, because he came back, and he is playing dynamite. He's an absolute animal. I mean, what he had a he had a game with zero turnovers and 12 assists. Yeah, what is he, like 80? Uh, seriously. 36, and- <laughs> 35, 36. Yeah. Freaking crazy, dude. Freaking crazy. John, what do, what do you have to say? Well, no, seeing that I, I, like you said, you hate the team that beat on your team, but you also want to lose to the champ, the, the potential champions. Oh, I, I got it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm sure you did forget. <laughs> don't lie. I think that I didn't forget. I don't know. I'm starting to believe in the Suns, man. I'll be honest. I, did, I wasn't a believer in them. I don't, I didn't think Aiton was ready. Clearly I was wrong. I didn't think CP3 was going to come up clutch in the playoffs, and so far I'm definitely wrong. And Booker, man, you gotta you gotta give Booker some props. His first playoff debut, and he is absolutely torching anybody in his path. He is stud. You can tell that he is absolutely locked in. And I gotta throw in this Laker little Laker tidbit. Obviously, I gotta throw in my little my little um, comment. So here. moving okay. on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's about it's about it's about it's about Kobe because Booker loves to reference this, the kind of advice that Kobe gave him back when you know back in the day, saying to be legendary and just just do what you got to do. That how he Kobe believed in how good Booker was, and it's clearly showing. The guy is is putting up numbers and you know that's a testament to his hard work so big props to booker he's under 25 years old and who knows man i think the suns could have a great chance to win the title especially with the nets uh as as injured as they are yeah blazer ben what do you think about uh suns nuggets yeah i just want to while we're talking about age you know chris paul's first year in the league was 2005 2006 right devin booker was born in 1996 So that would have put him at 10 years old when Chris Paul was in his first year in the NBA. So for them to go full circle and be on the same team and Chris Paul being able to be that super mentor for Devin Booker, it just, it shows what, you know, can happen in the NBA. You know, things come full circle and it's just, 
mind blowing sometimes the, the some of the players that are in the league as long as they are, you know, and serve their time like a Chris Paul, you know, it always makes every single team he's been on better. You know, I don't have the stats in front of me, but every single team he goes on, they, they improve from the previous season. So, you know, I'm glad to see the Suns didn't fold once Joker got ejected too. You know, that's a classic uh, Blazer move right there uh, is when they lose their best player or something like that. We tend to play down to them and then we end up losing most of the time. You know, uh, I'm glad to see Joker got, didn't get, any favoritism on that on that foul that was a hard foul it was a swing back with his arm he pulled it up swung it down followed through you know i mean yeah okay camera pan's got a big nose so you know <laughs> he, he probably could have missed it on anybody else but you know he got a little bit of camera pants you know big head and nose but that wasn't a basketball play in the least you know I, I mean, I would have been comfortable with giving him a flagrant one, you know, giving him the, the two shots in the ball. But, you know, they had no mercy, gave him the flagrant two, kicked him out, gone, peace out. I mean, that's not MVP play right there. You know, an MVP is not going to do that. That's Nurkic's uh, play. <laughs> an MVP is going to fall to the ground. An MVP is going to fall to the ground when the air blows on him, like LeBron James. I mean, so I'm, so, I'm sorry. Wait. <laughs> Whoops. You know, I, I actually um, have a, I have a, I have a hypothetical question to ask you guys. If you were, I mean, we're seeing some pretty amazing play by shooting guards in in this playoff in these playoff series right now. If you had to take one of them between Spider Mitchell and Devin Booker to build your next franchise around, who are you guys taking? Mitchell. Yeah, I'd have to go. Mitchell's more well, versatile. Blazer, Blazer Ben, no yeah. hesitation. I, I'd have to go with Mitchell because Mitchell's the best team player on the Jazz. Booker had an opportunity to be, to be the best player on the Suns many times before Chris Paul came, and they were not good at all. So I think you have to take that into account. Correct, Rose yeah. Panther. Donovan Mitchell doesn't have a Chris Paul on the team, you know? True. I mean, my, my Conley's not going to be – he's not a Chris Paul, No. So, I think you know, for the you can't pretty good, though. I think for the sake of like argument, I think I'm I, I would take Booker. My my honest reaction was was Devin Booker, and now that you've kind of talked to me into like Spider Mitchell a little bit by saying like Devin Booker has had the chance to be that dude, but did he really have the chance to be that dude? Like what 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 yeah. team was around him really? Yeah, that's a good point. He did have the chance to I be mean? the guy, but the Suns didn't. Right. The, Donovan Mitchell has better role players than Devin Booker ever had before Chris Paul came on the team. I agree with that. Yeah. And then and and then plus, like, CP3 took that team to a whole other level. I mean, talk about your ultimate glue guy, right? Because Aiton wasn't the dude um, that he was last year before CP3 came along. And then, like, you see the CP3 effect everywhere he goes. I mean, he took that garbage OKC team to the playoffs. So I want to say that Devin Booker, like, that dude's Come a killer. On. Now that I'm watching him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, first really of all, D, D Booker. Absolute first of all, killer. please put some respect on Dennis Schroeder's name in OKC. Come on, man. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I know. I was being Why? sarcastic. The 100... The 100 Who? mil man. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> Just because he's hey, you know, big I, flop in, for the Lakers. Oh, yeah. I will say, as far as skill set is concerned, my immediate reaction was Devin Booker. Just because, like, Donovan Mitchell, he can score in the paint anytime he wants to. 
He's got a great set of set of moves down there, but he, he just can't shoot from outside. And that's the thing that, that kills it for me. Uh, you know, Book may not be as talented inside, but he's got the outside game. And it, it kind of like, in my head, he has a more expanded game than Mitchell. Either way, your franchise is in good hands. Agreed. Yeah. So, now that that dumb question's out of the way, let's talk about the Eastern Eastern Conference. We got the Sixers at the Hawks tied up. Unless I missed one today. No, no, no. no we got the up. Nets and Bucks tied today. Tied up. What are we thinking about that? I think nobody thought that this series would be tied 2-2. And if no. there was, it, they're all Hawks fans. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm surprised. i got to be honest. I think the Hawks are a team that nobody thought would be in this position, especially against the Sixers, who were, they were the number one seed in the East. And so, for me, it's Trey Young is obviously doing his thing. He's he's clearly showing that he's more than just a scorer, which you kind of thought when you, when he was in college. But he can distribute the ball with the best of them. He had what 17 assists last night, and so I think that he's showing his full skill set. And the Hawks are not getting a lot of credit. They have a lot of great role players. They have Bogdanovich. They have Clint Capella. They have John Collins. Who's gonna get paid a fat contract this offseason? So Gallinari. Gallinari with the worst hair second worst haircut, maybe the first on the team. Trey and him have definitely are fighting <laughs> oh, for the worst man. haircuts of all time. It's going absolutely Trey. every time. Trey with the baby rat hair. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. The baby hair assassin. I made a joke with I made a joke with Roe the other day that Trey Young's barber has to be his six year old sister or something. It's just like <laughs> it's wild, man. No, he's he hasn't had a haircut in ten years, man. That's his hair right there. It doesn't get any doesn't get any that's more than a be- that. That's a better reason. That's a better excuse, in my opinion. But yeah, no, I think the Hawks are are doing their thing. I do think that the Sixers are kind of beating themselves. If I had to bet, I think the Sixers are going to take the next two pretty handedly and and win in six. I think it all depends on the health of Joel Embiid. I mean, the dude has a torn meniscus. He showed it the last game. He had a chance to elevate and score to, to tie the game. And he, he ended up kind of, I don't know, it just didn't seem like he had the lift. And what did he go? Like zero for 12 uh, the whole second half, the last game? So, and John Collins was like outplaying him. It just kind of concerns you that that torn meniscus is bothering him a lot more than people think. And you're leaving the window open for the Hawks and they look like just hungry dogs, dude. Like Trey Young, like you think about CP3. We were just talking about CP3. The way that he controls the game, the pace, he's like an old school point guard and Trey Young, I almost feel like he's almost like the next generation. The way that he dictates the floor, the way that he controls the pace, but he could shoot it from the outside. That's the biggest difference. He's almost like a remix CP3. Yeah, he just he. I agree with that. He just needs to work on his turnovers. He's uh, he's also obviously a volume shooter, so he he scores a lot, but he takes a lot of shots to get those points. But yeah, he, but he's he controls the pace of the game, and that's what you want in a point guard. That's what you want in a leader, someone who can dictate the pace, slow it down, or speed it up whenever whenever the, it's called for. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Blazer Ben, you have anything to add to that, or should we move to the Nets Bucks? 
I just real quick, man. I feel like the Hawks have nothing to lose, man. You know, the the Sixers have the hype, so they've got to live up to that hype. And, and the Hawks point. are just 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 playing to win, man. Uh, you know, they got a lot of young players. Like I said, Collins is in the third year. Trey Young's in his second year. Uh, Kevin Herter's in his second year, you know. And then you got the old buck, Gallinari, who's in his 26th year. Uh, and Lou Williams, is who's in his 32nd year, you know. Uh, but... You know, like I said, yeah, the, the, the Hawks have nothing to, nothing to lose. They're playing. They're leaving it all on the court, and I love the way that they're playing. I've got I've got the Hawks in this one, man. I'm glad you brought up Herder, nice. Ben, because you got to give a shout out to the Redheads. Dude's killing it, though. <laughs> He's killing it. He's killing it. Killing What's it. that warrior? Uh, Nico? What? Yeah. Oh, Nico, Nico on the Warriors. Yeah. Nico, what's up? Got the man, yeah. man, Sideshow Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that in that series, man. Because like like you all said, before the playoffs even started, it seemed like the Sixers were gonna start. I mean, they were gonna steamroll people, right? Yeah. But alas, it is not to be. Moving on to the Brooklyn Nets versus the Milwaukee Bucks, fellas. The Bucks had it tonight. They had, they it. had it. They had it. And blew it. And I want to ask you guys before we get into to what happened in the game, because I'm going to let you guys go off on that. Does Giannis seem like a one-trick pony to you? Ooh. Bro. I'm going to start with you, Rosa Panta. Is he a one-trick pony? You know, I'm, I'm going to have to say yes. I don't I don't know if Giannis Antetokounmpo, at least with the way that Budenholzer is coaching him, um, can be the number one option on a championship team. I mean, the way that they sag off him and just allow him to shoot on the outside is just absolutely crazy. And you, or, and you look, or dribble for 22 seconds. Exactly. Like, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. They are dying for a creative scorer. So, I mean, Olshay, get on the phone. CJ for Chris Middleton. It'd be a perfect marriage. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I think he might be a one-trick pony, but he might be the greatest at that one trick that we have ever seen because he is an absolute animal in the paint. Absolute animal in the paint. Yeah. Blazer Ben. I mean, I turned the game on in the third quarter and I think Marv Albert had said James Harden hadn't scored a bucket yet, which I couldn't possibly fathom that James Harden hadn't scored a bucket since the wasn't third for quarter. a lack of trying though right no it wasn't for lack of trying um but you know that my mind just stopped for a minute and thought James Harden not but you know whatever and also the, the Bucks were up by like 20 something at that point and then I just watched the Nets just chip and chip and chip and KD just take over and take over and at one point Harden started bringing the ball down court and KD was like what are you doing give me the ball and he gave him the ball, came down, did his little dribble, popped up a three. Even those those little mid-range jumpers were just going in. And then you saw some emotion from from KD too. You know, uh, he does not a guy that a lot that shows a lot of emotion in a positive sense. You know, he'll show emotion when he's riled up, you know, or wanting to get into a little scuffle or something like that. But he was, you know, pumping his fist in the ground and saying yeah and stuff like that. And then he missed the free throw at the end. And then you can hurt you, the explicit word that he said, man. 
<laughs> yeah. He said that loud, but you know, I got the Nets in this one. The Bucks, the Bucks have run their course. You know, Mike Budenholzer is probably not going to be back next year either. You know, uh, what was he coach of the year last year? Maybe two years ago. But I feel like he's a Terry Stotts man. He's he's it's run its, running it's, out running out of things to do with what he's got. His time there has run its course. It definitely seems. Yeah, John, I agree. What you got? For I us? agree. I think that man, the Bucks are a. I gotta say, they are such a disappointment, and and I say that respectful as respectfully as you could, somebody could say. But last <laughs> year in the bubble, they lost to the Heat, which if you really look at the talent and the and the, the discrepancy there, they had no business losing to the Miami Heat last year. Year after year after year, we think the Bucks are gonna break through. And and don't get me wrong, the series is not over yet. They're down three two. But what a wasted opportunity to lose to the Nets without Kyrie Irving and a 50%, if that, James Harden. I I don't know. I mean, oh man, they, I feel bad for the Bucks fans, but if they got to come back from this. Otherwise, it's going to be complete. There's going to be a lot of regret. There's going to be a lot of questions going into the offseason if they lose. Ben made a good point. I don't think Mike Bud is, is going to be there anymore as a coach. And the personnel on the team, you might have to change. You might have to try to trade tra- uh, trade Chris Middleton or somebody else. So we'll see what happens, man. Yeah, man. I I think they have to push it to seven games. They have to push it to seven because if if they lose, if they lose in six, man, that's gonna be so disappointing for the franchise, for the fans, for the players. Like people are people are gonna want to see heads rolling for sure. Yeah, I Just mean because. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 you got it, man. I mean, all all I was gonna say is like John like has you know said a great point, which is like if we're thinking like in terms of like competition, you know, like like if if the Bucks like if this is like a boy band competition and like the Bucks are like ninety eight degrees and like the Nets are like in sync, you know, like I mean, no contest. I mean, Justin Timberlake right <laughs> goes down with like tonsillitis <laughs> and you know JC Shazay like breaks his leg so he can't do his dance moves anymore and you're looking at like lance bass and like the other nsync members and you're like this is severely Chris Kirkpatrick. Less don't pretend like you don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't have to you don't have to hesitate to, to to make it look like you're not you don't know exactly everybody's name yeah their age yeah, I mean, where they're from you... <laughs> <laughs> i mean the real question is is kd lance bass or is he more of like a jc shazay or is he or is he nick lachey <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, that's, that's I feel the type like of I feel like that you get on the clinic. So if you guys want to listen to that more of segment that, made zero sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, please go listen to the clinic. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And and on that note, can we just talk about the all all NBA teams real quick that were announced today? I know, yeah, I know sure. we're going long on time. I just want to hit yeah, real quick yeah, yeah. on. Yeah, you know what? Let's let's just let, Ben, I will give you the floor. Okay. Why don't you talk yeah, yeah, about yeah. it and then and then we'll just wrap it up, guys. Sounds good. Let's do that. I mean, just just add it up to the Lillard trophy case of snubs, man. You know? That's what his trophy case is filling up with. You know, you got first team all NBA, you got Steph Curry, who almost was a unanimous vote. Four hundred and ninety six points out of five hundred. What? Steph Curry, a unanimous first team guard? Then you have Luca. That's that's pretty wild yeah. to me. Yeah, you have Luca as the other guard, 402 out of 500 points. 
Lillard made the second team at 372 points. So he's about 30 points uh, deciding him and Luka, you know, from first team and second team. And I got to think that needs to be a flip, you know. Luka and Lillard need to flip. You know, I, I, I'm not being a homer in saying that, you know, the home guy needs to be on the first team. I feel like Lillard balled out this year and did what he could do with all the injuries that we had on our team. He still showed up, showed out every game. You know, they, they both played about the same amount of games. Luka played 66, Lillard played 67. Uh, yeah, okay, Luka had a better average, you know, but he can't make a free throw for the life of him. You know, it's 73% for the free throw line. You know, what kind of star shoots 73% other than Ben Simmons? You know, Giannis, I think, is even better than 73% who made the first team. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, I mean, it's to round out the second team, you know, it was Lillard, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, props to Julius Randle for showing up, you know, living up to the hype that he should have had his, you know, first few years. And what was he? Uh, he was a Laker, John? Was he? Who? Oh, Randle? Yeah, he was a La- he uh, was drafted yeah, by Ju- the Lakers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't know what team he played on because he was non-existent for the first few years. Okay. Uh, and then LeBron and Embiid. So, you know, I just got to say that it's just tough to, tough pill to swallow every single year, man, to see Lillard just come that close. You know, 30 points uh, from the voting to get up onto that first team, all NBA. It's just tough for me to swallow. I mean, anybody else got anything on that one? Bro, fellas. Bro, um, <laughs> I'm putting you on blast right now. Let's go. I, I all I'm gonna Let's say go, man. is Steph Curry being the second oldest scoring champ, next to Michael Jordan, doing it on that team. And who's voting? Who's voting for All NBA? Right. That's something that you have to consider. So, Steph Curry's a very likable guy. So you you have to think with. The fact that he got the scoring title this year. He was technically the eighth seed, but he didn't make the playoffs. It's not that far off that you would think that he would make the all NBA team. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm unanimously, saying. Unanimously though? Unanimously? Almost unanimously. U- unanimous? Unanimously? Well, Did I, mean, I say yeah. that right? Y- Giannis. Giannis was the only that. unanimous vote. <laughs> yeah. That's all I, I mean, gotta say. The, uh, the All-NBA team, they're selected by a global panel of 100 sports writers and broadcasters. You know, players are awarded five points for each first-place team, three points for second team, and one point for third team. So, you know, that, that just gives you an idea of, of who's the voting, breakdown right? of how things are voting. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's, not, it's not like a wild and crazy thought that Steph Curry is likable, right? He got nah, 98 first-place votes. <laughs> 98. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't hate. I don't hate. I don't hate anybody. But hey, fellas, I'm going to end the show on that note. I want to say thank you to you guys. Big shout out to you guys. Uh, And actually, I want to give you like a quick like 20, 30 seconds to plug your show. The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Catch them uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. They got some some dope content, dope hosts. Fellas, take it away. Yeah, I mean, all I got to say is, I mean, if you enjoyed listening to, like, the front half of the season of The Busted Bucket, I'm on there. And, you know, you just heard John. John's also a great host. We also have JJ. And if you're tired of listening to, like, ESPN and this East Coast bias of the NBA, like, we've got the West Coast bias. 
So come and listen to us instead. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, the Clinic All NBA Podcast. John, you got anything to add on? I mean, Roe just completely, he said everything as perfectly as you can say it, man. I got to give this guy all the credit. Love it. Hey, and, and Bucket Busters, just so you know, for every listen they get from 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 their show, after, going forward after this show, we get five bucks. So just go ahead and listen to their show. Uh, big shout out to my co-host, Blazer Ben. <laughs> yeah, in Dogecoin, yeah. exactly. Big shout out to my co-host, Blazer Ben. Shout Thank out. you, as always, man. Uh, shout out to the, the Basketball Podcast Network, and especially you our listeners, our Twitter followers, and our bucket busters. You make it so easy to keep stepping up to this mic. And with that, Blazer Ben, see us out, brother. And that's another wrap for this episode, Blazer fans. Don't forget to rate, follow, and subscribe if you're digging what we're saying. Remember to stay safe out there, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Always appreciate it. Thanks for listening.